0: Hello and welcome to the Stoked on Spokes podcast. The Stoked on Spokes podcast.
1: The Stoked on Spokes podcast.
0: The Stoked on Spokes podcast.
1: Wait, like S.O.S.
2: Well, it's about
0: bikes, rides, gear, races, community,
2: and so much more.
0: This is the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Let's get rolling. Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Stoked On Spokes podcast. Today, I am at Ray Cree's bike studio in Watertown, New York, talking to Tom, Aaron, and Mark from the Shelter Box ride, which is going on June 4th in Henderson Harbor, New York. Gentlemen, how are you today?
1: Good. I'm great. Yeah,
0: pretty good. You could. Could you uh, give me your bicycle backgrounds and introduce yourselves? Awesome. Well, you know,
1: I think one of the things you're going to find, and uh, three of us, are, are on a different scale so I think that's pretty neat we're all members of the committee that puts this on
2: I, I, I've ridden since I was a kid and like all of us I got out of it a little bit when I got a car <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what got me back into it is I, I was playing basketball a ton and I blew my ACL out doing that and they said hey go ride a bike for a rehab and I went back to the bike shops and there was these wonderful new inventions called mountain bikes and i was like and wow. that was exciting and got me back into it. So I've been riding ever
3: since. I, I've, I've been riding since I was a kid and I did not have a car <laughs> <laughs> and have never stopped riding. <laughs> I've been sort of building bikes ever since I was a kid as well. And it's always just been an integral part of my life. My bike's always with me and um, I find that it's a, it's a nice third exercise to being a triathlete. One advantage of being a triathlete is that usually if something's broken, <laughs> Something else works, <laughs> and and it's just gone from there. It's just been a. I mean, we. I go all over the place. I take my bike with me. It's a great way to see cities. It's a great way to see countryside. It's just yeah, part of the life.
1: Okay, I'm 77 years old. I have been a runner for 30 years. I was weed whacking my lawn and managed <laughs> to fracture and dislocate my right ankle. When I, and I, it was a long recovery for that. And I decided that I wasn't even going to try to run again because when you run, my experience is you go from injury to injury to injury. On a bike, you only get injured when you fall off. That uh, never happens, does it? Yeah, happen? right. <laughs> when I, I was about 10, 12 years ago, I bought a mountain bike. And started riding. I guess we all kind of do that. Then started spinning at the Y during the winter and decided to get a road bike. And, you know, like the rest is history. I'm I I ride about two thousand miles a year. So in and, and I do a couple long rides. I, I do one that I love from Oswego to Ithaca. It's like eighty-six miles. I think the last three miles are coasting downhill, so that's my cup of tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're here to talk about the Shelter Box Ride. So, what is the Shelter Box Ride?
1: It's, it's a fundraiser for Shelter Box USA. And Shelter Box USA, or Shelter Back Box internationally, provides emergency shelter to families that have lost everything. Anywhere in the world, usually because of natural disaster or war. We're currently working in eight countries, including Ukraine. And in Ukraine, we have three separate deployments going on, taking care of the people. There are about 12 million people displaced because of Ukraine. And most of them are still in Ukraine. So we are deployed there. And we also take care of the people that have gone to the other areas. So that's what our cause is. The shelter box ride started in 2010. And it started because I had a couple of passions. And one was riding, cycling, and the other one, was shelter box. I put the two together started talking to everyone that would talk to me about putting on an event. I volunteered for a few events to get to know what takes place and so forth and started it. When I was a runner I and, and lived in Syracuse, I did something called the Resolution Run every New Year's Day, which was really cool. It was eight miles, go back to a restaurant, and there's chili and Beer and sweaty <laughs> so people, and running. <laughs> sweaty people, and it's a blast. I don't know of a better way to start the new year, and I just love what I felt there—the camaraderie and so forth. So, my vision was to uh, create an event that would be great for riders, would be great for Shelter Box, provide that feeling afterwards of relaxation and enjoyment. next step was finding a place to hold it, which the Westview in, um, in Henderson it's Bill Safe's Westview and Bill has been very generous. Not only have we used his building, but he's provided a spaghetti and meatball dinner afterwards. And traditionally after the ride, Everyone kind of like hangs out on the deck looking at the lake. It's really cool. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
3: So so (laughs) one one thing that we don't want to miss at all this is actually what is a shelter box, right? Yeah. So, so one, of, so so depending on what the situation is, and Tom, you can speak a little bit about the Ukraine situation currently, because I think that's a little different than regular shelter boxes that usually go out. So, if I recall correctly, the shelter boxes that there are, well, I know this part. Are, <laughs> it's, it's basically a big plastic bin that could be airdropped. and in that bin is a tent, a large, a very large tent meant to house a family for some number of months as a little wood stove in there. There are some tools, blankets. There's actually some toys for the kids too. So basically it's a home that can be airdropped to somebody in need of housing. They cost, I think around two thousand one thousand dollars each now. So those, those cost $1,000 a piece. And that's what the money's raised for. And in the Ukraine right now, though you're
1: handing out more tarps and things, correct? About five years ago, We realized, ShelterBox realized, that not every disaster really needed a tent. When there's tents used, in many cases, they're in these great big collective areas with tents, and there's hundreds of families living there. better solution, when it's possible, is to keep people in their home, in their neighborhood, among family and friends. And we have this kit that Mark was talking about. It's a shelter repair kit, and it contains some tarps, tools, fasteners, rope, so that if you need a roof on your house or a sidewall, it's easy to to do that. And actually, we always, in fact, Habitat for Humanity (laughs) actually in-country teaches people and helps people rebuild their structures so they live there. So the people are living there, they're in their neighborhood, and the cost of that is $100 compared to $1,000. Right. And in Ukraine, that's what we're using now. There's other items that come along with it. Most of the items that Mark mentioned do come along with it. And so solar lightings, water purification, uh, water Carriers in in those kinds of things. So one of the so in the last so this is our tenth year, right?
3: Yes, That's right. It's so our tenth year, and to date, we've raised one hundred and seven thousand nine thousand one hundred nine thousand oh, dollars. You're right, one hundred seven hundred seven thousand yeah. dollars to raise money to provide the funds to purchase these these items. One of the distinctive things about shelter box. And, and other charities as well. But charities often, there's a ratio of money brought in, administration overhead costs, and shelter boxes right around 87% or something like oh, that. Yeah. Eighty seven, Roughly 87% of the money that goes into shelter box goes directly to aid providing services for people as opposed to administrative overhead costs, which is significant and, mm-hmm. and uh, an important attribute
1: of that charity. We're able to do that because we're a volunteer-based Correct. organization, Shelterbox International, which is based in Cornwall, England, and has affiliates all over the world, like Australia and Italy and Germany and so forth. Collectively, there are only two hundred paid employees for for this. Mm-hmm. So when we have a deployment, it's usually volunteers. They're called shelter box response team members, and they go with the goods to ensure that the most vulnerable people get taken care of first. So, it's old folks, it's women and children, those kinds of things.
3: And the overhead costs for raising the money for something like the ride we put on are also very minimal. That nothing, there's no Tom isn't yeah. a paid. Advisor and all uh, recrease support, and, and uh, that's all volunteer and a lot of donations from local businesses and things of that nature.
1: Shelter Box, uh, first of all, I'm, I've been a Rotarian for 22 years, and Shelter Box is affiliated with Rotary. The founder of Sh- Shelter Box was an English Rotarian, his s- single man started this in 2000. So it's not that oh. old. In organization,
0: that was was a pretty uh, good background of what shelter box is overall. So, what about the event?
3: So, one of the things about the event is that makes it a little different. Changes once in a while, but it's been that it's been a ride. We are introducing a people want to be timed option this year, but the idea is also to involve families and people who might not just get out and ride and just try to introduce people to bicycling and, and maybe bicycling in the area. As Tom mentioned before, this podcast we had put on some cycling 101 events at the Y to have people come in who may have no idea if you cycle all your life there are things you just don't even think about anymore and you just don't realize what the hurdle could be to somebody about getting on a bicycle and it was very uh, it was very interesting to do those courses because that's what you found out was that people i think it might it could be very intimidating cyclists as an as a group can be a are very intimidating <laughs> right <laughs> would you say oh yeah <laughs> i mean there are no type a personalities in those groups are there <laughs> so it, no but it's a good and it's a good way for you know older people i would include myself in that, in that to give back to a community and event structures that you, know, you might have been taking part of as a younger person and not thought anything about you know, almost all races those kinds of races around here are put on by volunteers someone someone needs to do it i think that that's one of the things that makes it a little different than it's not just a bike race but we are this year going to offer a timed courtesy of
1: Aaron Every <laughs> um, crease. yeah uh, and, and the shop sorry <laughs> on course street uh, on course <laughs>
3: Is that enough plugs or uh, do we have to, do we have to show our shirts? To-
2: uh, the, the, yeah. He's, he's taking a bit, a little bit of a dig at me there right. with, the, with the sweep. Last year, the sweep took me five plus hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was interesting, but that, we, we, but everybody we had came some, in, uh, so
1: 50 milers that were planned to spend the day riding around Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> But
2: but we stayed out there. We we waited for every single person to come in. That's that's what the joke was a little bit. It took them it took them about five and a half hours. Yeah. To do it. So.
3: So so this year we are offering a, an option for time. There's still not a race. There's no award. There's no rank. I mean, you can rank them, of course, because it's by time. But and that's just there are people out there who, even though they can time themselves, they might show up because they want to ride and get a time written down somewhere. And 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 that's fine. They'll be starting five or 10 minutes ahead, five, five yeah, minutes, five, yeah, minutes, five yeah. minutes ahead. They'll be starting five minutes ahead. They'll be gone. <laughs> and the, the rest of the crew can just go out and do their ride. Like they normally would. At any rate, it's, um, it's, it's really good to see we have a short family ride ro- or like a kid's ride or an introduction ride of 10 miles. Actually, is it 11? I keep, it's getting, 11. My it's 11, yeah. I keep getting my numbers wrong from <laughs> previous years. <laughs> so, you know, again, get people out there, see what it's like to be on a, I mean, it's, it's remarkable sometimes what, what one person or one experience can do for somebody. Tom and I were talking before this as well about the people we've interacted with over our lives that, I mean, for myself, I often have extra bikes around and we'll loan bikes to people to get them started. And it's been very satisfying over time when those people sometimes 10 years or more later come back to you and say, I just want to tell you, it just completely changed my life having somebody show me and lend me a bicycle so I don't have to go buy one right away. And and it's it's a big hurdle, not like running, you buy a pair of shorts and some running shoes and you go out and run. A bicycle is an investment. And as Aaron probably can tell you, you know, the problem with bicycles are, you don't want to spend a lot at first, but the problem with crappy bikes is they're crappy bikes and you don't enjoy biking. <laughs> so it's a very difficult thing. So it's always nice if there's somebody to help kind of guide you into the
0: experience. It's what, 25 miles, 50 miles, it's, and then the 11?
3: It's 11. Is it? <laughs> once again, I'm going to get my facts wrong. Is it 25 still? 11, 25. No, no,
1: no, And twenty. I, 26 and 26 52. And 53 and the, 52. 50, okay, somewhere in that area. <laughs> the, so, so we've so,
3: had some
2: adjustments. <laughs> well, the confusion is, is that we did new routes this year, but now maybe slightly changing that again because of a sponsor that's coming on. So we'll see how that goes. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're they're in that vein. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so one of the things we found, I think three years ago, we changed the route. Because a new sponsor came in. We previously, the other eight times we ran it, we used the same route, which was a great route, and everybody loved it. We got good feedback. So out of necessity, we changed the route and we did a survey monkey. And what do you know? They loved it, that it was a different route. So at that point, we've decided that each year it's going to be a different route than the year before. And sometimes that just means running, writing in the opposite directions or something. It's really very interesting. We, I think we're very successful. And I, I don't know if I talked about this, but our committee of nine people, eight of us are serious riders. And the ninth one is just really starting her journey. I think that that's, gives us the ability to keep improving it each year. And we do a, I do a survey monkey, and I just want to give you some numbers. Last year, overall satisfaction was 94% were either very satisfied or satisfied. Registration, 94% of people were satisfied, uh, extremely satisfied. The rest stop, people loved. Safety, 86% of people felt safe, and the routes were very, very positive feedback again. So we're going to keep doing that, and we're going to keep tweaking it so it continues to grow. We had 175 riders last year. With this timed option, I've been down to Syracuse and Oswego and all the bike shops, and the owners of those bike shops were really excited about having a timed version and the pre-registrations we have from out of the area for the most part have been the timed version of of our event
3: and, and it's a it's a balance we're trying to work on because you know if you had a straight bike race you're going to get a whole <laughs> group of people who are not going to show up and they're just not going to be in tr- I mean, in fact I would say the majority of riders yeah. at that event, I would never see it in a bike race. Um, so it's, It's. but we're, you know, continually trying to tweak it and not just improve the ride, but improve the participation. And so it's an experiment sort of a little bit every year. The one thing we do have going for us, so is no matter how bad the weather is, it's always nice on that day. Well, you know. On you said it out loud. I know, but we've been saying it out loud for the last five years. Actually. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> on Sunday night, I looked at AccuWeather for June Fourth, and honest to goodness, it said partly sunny, sixty-seven degrees, and five mile per hour wind. And I'm—that is exactly what it says. It still says that because (laughs) I check it about two or three times a day. (laughs) But but seriously,
3: we've had some like seriously bad weather the day before the race. The the
1: very first, the very first First one we did, first ride, a microburst came through the day before, the night The night before, right? The night before, a utility pole on the route went down. I Got up and you know, so one of those days when the roads all covered with leaves, we had a big tent that we used that first year set up in the parking lot. It was twisted (laughs) like a pretzel from the wind. By the time the ride started, the weather was great and the utility pole was taken care of. So (laughs) we didn't have to change the route. Tell me about the
0: routes. I heard there's a light. Involved in some of them. So, and what's the scenery so, look like? So,
3: so, the lighthouse is probably a good thing to start with. Yeah. So, there, there, <laughs> there's an out and back section that was designed by Tom <laughs> so so that people could see this lighthouse, <laughs> which, how many years did before you realized nobody saw the light?
1: Nine years. <laughs> Nine years. <laughs> a, a friend of mine and committee member, Joe Pearsall, Said you know I liked everything but I didn't really like the out and back and I said well that's that's you know that's there so you can see the lighthouse he said what hot lighthouse I didn't I've I've been writing this every single year I've never seen a lighthouse so
3: then Tom starts asking other people
1: <laughs> yeah and everyone else is chiming in so um, so now it's it just sign. happens that we have a really great photographer that, that does this, Alex Davidson. Alex got a picture of Gil <laughs> turning right in front of that lighthouse <laughs> that he couldn't believe. It's a great image. Shelterbox, at a national level, actually used that image. They, uh, I, they, they grabbed it for me. I didn't know, realize it, but they used that image of Gil turning there. So what did we do? We got a sign made, lighthouse ahead, look up. And then we marked the road, lighthouse ahead, look up. Well, this year we've decided not that still we should go out to the lighthouse. It's at Stony Point. It's a really beautiful spot, but we're going to have a rest stop there. So some, you know, we, we know that the time guys aren't going to mess with the rest stop, but everyone else will. And They'll get a chance of really seeing something absolutely unique and gorgeous. So, and you, so you asked what
3: some of the rest of the routes are like. So, there it's rolling hills, a lot of farmland. The roads are in great condition generally. Uh, it varies, it varies a lot like most of northern New York, actually. No, no super steep climbs, although depending on how we leave, sometimes there's a climb early on. Uh, but it's mostly just rolling hills and mostly fairly open spaces, actually. It's not a lot of not a ton of tree coverage. Although on the way to the lighthouse,
1: there's tree coverage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did see that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I did see that.
3: <laughs> the the, ten, the 11 mile course is out and back inside of Henderson, basically. So that, that actually is tree covered because that goes along the water edge. I mean, all the houses that are right there, but the other, the, the longer courses are go get out into the county a bit you yeah, you you've you've done sag wagon so you might have a more i i don't look
2: <laughs> well it's it's different from inside a car right. especially especially <laughs> when you're going 14 yeah. 12 miles an hour or whatever it was yeah. i went that time yeah even then it was it was nice most of the most of the riders that i saw i've only been involved one year that's why right. that's why you guys are doing most of the talking there <laughs> most of the riders i saw were they were just enjoying it. I, again, you, you know, you referenced earlier, Mark, that, that, that uh, some people are going to show up. And even before we decided to try this time thing to see if we could get more participants, there was guys that would show oh, yeah. up and gals that would show up and they go as hard as they could. Yep. And they're not paying attention to it. They don't know the lighthouse is there. They don't know. They're, they're seeing stars and mm-hmm. and that's it. But the ones that I'm behind when I'm doing the SAG is the ones that are in the back. And mm-hmm. they're pretty much enjoying it.
3: Yeah, there are so, a lot of like also small groups. Oh yeah. Of people yeah, that they're, came together. They're,
2: yeah, they're they'll find somebody that's about the same mm-hmm. speed as them and they're chatting and riding their bike and they know that at the same time it's a good cause and ends up being right. a pretty good combination. So the the routes are great for that type of thing and they're just hard enough that if you obviously you're choosing the route that's appropriate. that's appropriate <laughs> for you but they're just just challenging enough sure. that you feel like you got something accomplished. You, you know you accomplish something personally as well as the charity part of it so having the, i, I having, think they're pretty good and
3: having the longer route helps as well because yep. there are people who that's a you know that's a that's a, a chunk exactly. challenge that they're willing right. to get up that's and do yep. whereas some of those Absolutely. riders are going to say i'm not going out for a 20 mile bike ride right yep. <laughs> so that's helpful Touch, that does touch on one thing which you were talking about earlier, which is a, what you know what makes bicycling interesting. That's another thing you talk about driving at twelve or fourteen miles an hour. But even if you're driving slow, you're in this box, yeah, and you see the world as a driver. Mm-hmm. And when you're a driver, what you see, you're, you're almost like you're in a video game that everything else is an obstacle, right, <laughs> to your forward progression. On a bicycle. Much like running or walking to a large degree, you sl- the pace slows down. You don't have a cage around you, and you observe and see a
1: lot more. So and if the manure trucks are on that the road, that yeah, road that you comes observe in sense. and see and smell <laughs> the
3: manure trucks. <laughs> this is true. Are you, are
2: you trying to promote this? Right <laughs> or, <yeah. laughs>
3: But which which is which is which is one of the nice attributes about cycling is that you you really get to see your environs a, a lot differently than you do when you're driving. Anyway, it's it's a nice way to see the world. Yeah. I, I, this is a complete digression. I we 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 I bike all we bike all over the place. I'll drive to cities and and bike all around them on my own. You know, with groups or whatever. And it's a it's a really nice way to see places, and it beats a car. Yeah.
2: So so being in the shop. All the time we get a lot of people who are new to the area mainly because of the base but also there's a lot of people that move in mm-hmm. on the river what we hear quite often if they've managed to get out already is i cannot believe how great the riding is around here we, we hear that a lot so our roots are for the shelter box ride are very representative yeah. of, of that the experience area. yeah, yeah there's a there's a little bit here and there where you're on a busier road but the shoulders are really big and wide majority of our routes are on the back roads where there's not as much of a shoulder but
3: but you have seniors, the road you have, you have, the, have the road
2: the, the scene is great yeah you know, so yeah that's
3: that's actually having biked all over the place it's one of the nice things and you don't you literally are in the area you can go out your door and go for a bike ride and really you know the ratio of cars to cyclists is a little lower everybody thinks you know Colorado's a cycling Mecca. Well, there's an awful lot of bike accidents in Colorado. (laughs) It's you know, the density is really there and you have a lot of angry people (laughs) driving cars. And
0: I know of some pros from Albany area, even some from North Carolina, that come up and ride the tug hill on purpose because of the challenge. It's unique. Yeah.
3: Sure. It's it's yeah, it's unique. And if you do gravel riding, there are hundreds of miles of dirt road yeah all over the place and and no cars mostly for the most part i mean four wheelers occasionally but um no it's 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 terrific we we have a group that meets early in the morning and rides and sometimes on weekends as well do longer rides i mean it's it's fairly regularly that people notice that wow it's just really great to go riding around here i don't have to pack up my bike and drive an hour and a half somewhere to go do a 30 mile bike ride and most of my time in the car so that yeah, you're right it's really is representative of mm-hmm. the of the area it's nice
2: yeah and tying that back into something tom said earlier referencing maybe it was anyway somebody referenced getting using the event to hopefully get more people yeah. to participate pick, pick up the yeah. pick up the sport if somebody says okay i'm going to borrow my friend's bike and go do the 10 miler and then they see what it looks like right and they see that they're there at the event like we mentioned earlier 175 people last time mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like wow this this is something that i was not aware of and this is pretty cool so hopefully that happens a little bit too. And actually
3: that's what's unique about that event and that you also don't show up and see 170 people with pencil arms. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, seriously, I yeah. mean, you know, and skin right. suits, right? right. So yeah. you see people who actually ride a bike. They might commute. Yep. They, may, they may ride hundreds
1: of miles a week just
3: commuting, right? So right. you just see a wide swath of cyclists as yep. opposed to just a very narrow view of the cycling world.
1: We, we have a gal that rides with a basket on the front of her her, uh, bike, with a little dog in it. (laughs) (laughs) We've had another another one that it's it's some kind of a wagon that's attached to the Mm -hmm. back of the bicycle. And his daughter did the Mm 26-mile ride with him. And, you know, so really cool. People ask about using uh, power assist bikes, and that's fine with us. You know we. That's we, true. We don't really. Yeah. We don't really no, distinguish that. Absolutely at all. Yeah. not.
3: Forgot about that. Yeah. Any kind of bike. Yep. We don't have any unicyclists though. <laughs> <laughs> it always, it always cracks me up. When I used to go. I used to when I did twenty-four hour mountain bike races. You'd show up and there'd always be somebody on a unicycle. That one guy. There's one guy <laughs> on a unicycle and you'd be just really impressed, <laughs> yeah. like, wow, this guy really has it going. And then you'd see him on the second loop, and that was about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: like that has happened yet with yours that I know of no you know you mentioned the guy that has his daughter on the back yeah it was another event but hopefully something like this happens (laughs) I I I was in the event and it had a ton of up and down rolling climbing constant climbing and at one point this gentleman rode by on a tandem and he had what I would assume is about a 10 year old boy this is probably his son on the back just looking around, <laughs> just barely pedaling. You know, you, you could tell he wasn't right. helping. He was just there. And this guy's riding on by me. A little bit down the, the road. It was it was a dirt race. A little bit down the road, they're off to the side, had a flat tire. So, didn't think much of it. R- went on by. Several miles later, rode by me again. <laughs> My kids on the back, just having a grand old time, not much, helping much. Time went by, and they're pulled off again. And I'm like, wow, those poor people. No, this time it was not a flat tire. the The boy was off in the woods, taking a little break. So I passed them again, and not three or four miles from the end, they got me again. <laughs> went, went by for a third time. So those those types of things, you know, add to events. People can tell stories, like I am right now. Later on, and everything. Yeah, whoever shows up, that's great. It makes the It makes the event more interesting rounded it's more egalitarian
3: yeah it's more and you just never know who's gonna and you never know who's gonna pick stuff up i i have a friend who's i introduced to cycling who's now a i don't know what category he's in now but he's you know he became this terrific cyclist and i i knew him when he couldn't get his water bottle out while falling (laughs) off the bike (laughs) and and actually he rode that ride with me the first year he actually Got out on a bike. It's Yeah, so it's it's a really good way to see a wide audience, a yeah. uh,
1: wide uh, variety of people and cyclists. And- you, you know, talking about wide audience, there's a man that lives in Lowellville that rides his bike to Henderson Harbor, does the 50 mile. And rides back. And rides back again. He's been doing it for years. So there you go. But I'd like to tell a, a funny story. This This was last year. Aaron and Jennifer, who own Recrease, generously donated a $500 gift certificate that we raffle off to all participants. And this year, they're doing the same kind of thing, but it's going to be a montage of different kinds of biking equipment and so forth. But at any rate, at the end of, of the ride, we drew a name. Jennifer drew the name. And we could see Jim. <laughs> and we could see a phone number, but we couldn't even come close to the last name. <laughs> so on Monday, I dialed the number and I said, Is this Jim? And he said, Yes, it is. And I said, Jim, this is Tom Dusen from the Shelter Box Ride, and you were our grand prize winner this year. And he said, oh, wow, that's great. I've never won anything in my life, blah, blah, blah. And we started chatting and and had a nice conversation. And I said to him jokingly, by any chance, are you a doctor? And he said, well, yes, I am. Have our paths crossed? I said, no, no. You're from, I told him the story about his handwriting, and he just <laughs> laughed like crazy. He said, okay, next year I'll have my daughter fill it out so you can <laughs> read it. And he very generously donated, it back. donated the gift certificate back to Shelterbox USA. So that was just <laughs> just a really funny, amazing story for me.
0: All right, So going into talking about sponsors, let's let's talk sponsors. Who sponsors this ride and who's your who are your main supporters besides that? Um,
1: well, do you want to, yeah, uh, to yeah. right. yeah. we, have, we have Davidson Auto Group is has been with us since day one. We have Global Link, which is Henderson, mm-hmm. the, the owner lives in Henderson. They have been one of our large sponsors. We have the Henderson Harbor Yacht Club that is one of our major sponsors. Each year, collectively, they they raise over $1,000 and do just an awesome job. And then we have Wendy's, which has been with us from day one. Well, I've, I've just got to mention that Black River Adventures has been with us in some form since the, since beginning. the beginning. He was the very first person that I went to when um, I decided to, to, to do the ride, I went to him, and he said yes, and it kind of took off from there. And he's been very generous with his time. And yeah, resources. yeah, yeah ab- absolutely, yeah. very yeah. much so. And by the same token, he puts on a gravel race, right, and uh, my wife and I manned <laughs> a uh, rest area out in no man's land <laughs> on a 60-degree day. Right blowing rain <laughs> all the participants were gray when they got to us but it was a great experience for both of us so also doesn't the henderson's men's club yeah uh, they do a lot they, of yeah, support and, yeah and that's, this, that's the town of henderson the highway department sweeps our route right. every year uh, loans us cones The fire department has mm-hmm. been loaning us vests mm-hmm. and things like that so it's it, the whole community's behind it. It's very gratifying for me to be a resident and have that kind of response and from my town members. We don't really have like
3: a major sponsor that kind of you know makes it all possible. But it's 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 a collective effort. I mean, we have obviously some sponsors can donate more money than others, but but it's not. We don't really have like a a king. What I want? A Keystone sponsor. Right. Which is not necessarily a bad thing.
0: What is recrease? Is these, are they are doing the five hundred dollars? Somebody that we And they're also your <laughs> your SAG, I guess. Yeah, we should yeah. we shouldn't so, just,
3: we shouldn't diminish your contribution at this point.
2: <laughs> so uh, Tom just mentioned Black River Adventures from the beginning has been trying to help out on the well, pre-raise, pre-ride and right. out on the course, but with three different courses and one of them being fifty plus miles, it's impossible just cover cover all that. So basically what we tried to do starting last year was to just kind of fill in where he couldn't be. So that's why I get joked about the the five and a half hours because I was following the slowest, whoever was going to be the slowest on the 50 plus mile ride. Um, That's who I was going to sweep up and make sure that everybody was safe and finishing and everything. So I did that. We sent another car ahead to kind of go up ahead when it kind of broke up, which was right away follow a little bit faster people so that they'd be closer if they needed attention. So we had somebody doing that. Todd, meanwhile, Todd from black river adventures. Meanwhile, did, he kind of mostly covered the 25 ish ride. And then we actually had help from good old spokes, which is a little tiny shop over in Crogan, New York. They're open on the weekends. Um, his name is Carl and his wife is Charlotte and, He actually followed the 10-miler, the family ride, so even they had somebody looking out for him last year, and we're hoping to duplicate all that together with those other shops to be able to really make sure that everything's fine and be there as quick as possible if it's not. So that's what we were looking to do, and I think it went pretty good. So hopefully it goes good again this year. Carl from good old spokes. He, he, he wants to ride it. <laughs> He's like, I want to ride it this year. So we've got somebody to cover for what he did last year um, in his place, but that's what we kind of wanted to to do. Providing timing equipment so that we could see if that brings in more people. We weren't getting very many people from Syracuse and Oswego area. And if it does, and it doesn't change the feel of the event, great if it doesn't bring in very many more and some people don't like the direction of it then okay we'll go on next year you know in another direction and find other ways to improve shelter box but so we are providing that uh, timing there for that
3: too which which is a big help i mean so i mean you generously agreed to to do that support for us, and also clearly you're taking over logistics. Yeah, <laughs> yep. There's a little a few logistics involved, right? but uh, I mean, but uh, even coordinating the sag wagons, for yep. instance, right? So, yep. so it's good to have you there doing that. It does take a village. <laughs> it, it does. But-
1: you know, I want to address that we have road marshals at every intersection that crosses crosses a state route and many county routes. The Hendersons Men's Club provides most of most of those people, and so there's probably around 25 volunteers between that and the registration and those things. We also this year we have got the state police. There's there's one intersection on Route Three and Brody Road that we have some concerns about, and we're going to have a trooper out there for whatever amount of time that we need him and uh, I think that's a very positive move I haven't gotten a commitment yet from the county sheriff but we're also looking to get one of their units at the intersection of Harbor Road and Military Road in Henderson where four corners come together and there's a lot of traffic
0: also we have after what what goes on after the event Everyone comes back. We're at what Bill says, Westview Lodge. What happens?
3: So, so people obviously finish at various times, right? So, the, so one actually good thing is we don't actually get a huge influx of people all at once. And there's, as Tom pointed out, there's like a spaghetti dinner and salad and, and then uh, beer, right? There's beer. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's free soda. <laughs> <laughs> and so people get together and, you know, meet up and do what people do after any event chat, talk about the event, talk, you know, catch up. Sometimes, you know, it's a, geographically dispersed area. So many of us know people who don't necessarily live right next to us. And sometimes that might be the first time we've seen some of them in daylight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! For, for some of us, well, uh, that came out the wrong way. Well, we, I, I, we, we have a group ride that leaves that mostly rides in the dark because we ride way, way before work and up in Northern New York, that means you spend a lot of the year riding in the dark. So it's for some of us, it's our daylight ride. <laughs> wow. So, so
1: another thing we have, we we have sponsors that um, don't monetarily directly help us, but they give us gift certificates right. and things like that. And we usually have $1,500 worth of that type of thing. I'm really sneaky about how I disperse, though, in order to find out if your name is on the whiteboard for a prize, you have to go through the shelter box tent that we have all set up. So this way, we get out of 175 riders, we probably get 160 people that actually walk through the shelter box we'll tent is. <laughs> and know what it is. So uh, I've been doing that for a couple of years, and it's been working out great.
3: Yeah, so so post ride is you know eating,
1: hanging out, hanging
3: out, yeah, and then people kind of just disperse as I mean, some people may be waiting for other people who they came with or who they know yep. who are finishing later, and and you know people kind of just disperse out as they
1: can, and it kind of winds down. We serve between eleven thirty and one o'clock, so there's a nice spread there. Right.
0: And what kind of food is it? You said spaghetti oh. and
3: meatball. <laughs> so, so we've had spaghetti and meatballs and and salad, and then there's also usually watermelon. This fruit says watermelon, bananas, sometimes oranges. And we we have great
1: rest stops, and the rest stops actually yeah. also have a lot of food. With yeah, them too, and, so. you know, we've always tried. A couple years ago, I did. Well, there's a story about it, but I did a, a ride up in Maine with a group of friends, and some of those friends are on the committee. It's called the Lighthouse Ride. And it Is was there a, a lighthouse? Did you see th- it? there are well there are <laughs> I think 15 lighthouses on the century. So I'm driving to Maine. I'm just crossing the New Hampshire border, and I get a call from John and Claudia, who who are on our committee, and they say that the century's been canceled. It got canceled because there was a hurricane, and they were afraid that it was coming that way, so they so they they canceled the century, and I did the metric century. They had awesome rest restocks. So what we learned was we we served pickles, pickle juice, which we never did before. I had never heard of that before. We had PB and J. Any rate. Everyone else was taking pictures of lighthouses, and I was taking (laughs) pictures of the rest stop to duplicate it. And, you know, honest to God, I don't think that I only rest, only lighthouse that I saw was back at the finish line (laughs) when I asked someone, you know, where the lighthouse is. Well, they said there's one right over there through the trees. So it's a
3: thing not seeing the lighthouse. Oh, well, it is.
1: <laughs> so they're they're good they're good rest stops. I mean they're 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 well stocked. Yeah. Right. Well, John Calkins does it, and he takes pride in it. And does just it's an true. amazing job.
0: You've been going on for ten years. Looking ahead, where do you want this event to go? Where do you just want to continue what you're building on?
1: Well, uh,
3: from my perspective, I think we'd want to continue to 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 build on it, but keep. Keep uh, keep in mind, or keep the focus on what we're trying to do. It, you know, there's a there's a thing in economies where the theory is if you're not growing, you're failing. And I think that can sometimes be a dangerous a da- I think sometimes that can be a dangerous path to take when there's sometimes a good balance. Not everything has to be. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if we had 500 riders, but that'll also change the dynamics. It'll change the logistics. And it may change the participation. So it's always a balance of trying to figure out what was your objective? Are we meeting our objective? Is it, is it, is it the right amount? And, and if we can grow it without, as you pointed out, Aaron, without compromising what we're trying to do, that'd be great. But there's growth for the sake of growth can sometimes lead you down paths that you end up where you were not intending to be and maybe don't want to be. There are a lot of great local races are they've been impacted tremendously by covid in the last few years, but there you know there've been a traditionally around here there's been a number of of uh small triathlons that have been very well thought of, regularly attended by people over decades, and you know they've never gotten a lot bigger, but they've been really good at what they are and and people really enjoyed them for that reason and I've been on a bunch of committees for these things, and I've seen races where and these are races where the attempt is made to draw in the USAT crowd or some some perceived market that's going to make us big it's fallen pretty flat on its face because the reality is that's not what we were they were about and so they lost the local participants they couldn't really bring in the outside participants and and it falters and and th- and that's not to say that you know, it's not worth trying. It's just that those are the kind of things you have to keep in mind. And I think that's something we need to keep in mind about the shelter box ride is, yes, we'd like to, I mean, I think one way to grow that is to get more sponsorship perhaps or more awareness in that regard and and bring in you know reasonable number of riders we can. But uh, that's, I guess that would be my take is it's balance, which is sometimes hard to achieve.
1: We're a committee of nine people. We all have a vote so that, you know, it's not any one person dominating it might be bringing ideas mm-hmm. and then we discuss them and we always we don't always immediately agree on everything but we always are able to compromise come up with a solution that is usually that i know is a better result than me just trying to me deciding and thinking it out Collective, we we are so much more powerful than any single person, and, and, and unlike, I really appreciate that. And unlike
3: some committees, the committee is—I mean, ideally, committees are are are, dis, are a group of disparate people. Not, but they're not always like that. And and one of the good things about this committee is that it's. Got very good different perspectives, not just age, but also actually, yeah. hey, actually, we don't have any young people on our committee, do we? So, so we'll get rid of that one, but, but, but just different perspectives and how we view the world or how we view riding or how we came about riding. And so it's just like doing cycling 101, there are things that. I might not think about that John and Claudia might think about because they ride differently. And okay. and Aaron has a different perspective on logistics of the event and also from a bike's perspective. So in that regard, that really helps in designing the end result.
0: What currently gets you stoked on the event and bicycles right now?
3: Well, well you can talk about, one of you can talk about the stoked on the event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
2: not my forte. I'm the newest guy. I've been mentioned in the committee. I'm the newest guy. So what I was Really attracted to the event, besides the the charity that it represents, uh, that's it's a great charity. They're, the the facts that Tom spoke about earlier are, are are really high level. But the but our event here locally, specifically, ha, has gotten a really good reputation in the area for a really high quality event. So that makes. I'm pretty stoked about having such a high-quality event right in our backyard and being Mm -hmm. able to be a part of that. And I also am very impressed with the diverse amount of people. So last year was the first year that we were involved and we being recrees. We were immersed in it for the first time. We were there pre-race to or pre-ride, I'm sorry, (laughs) to help with any mechanical repairs that might need to be so we, we got there early we saw how people started filtering in and everything and what they said earlier was not hyperbole there was literally every size and shape and you know type of bike and everything that that uh, mm-hmm. showed up there so that was really good to see when we're here in the shop every day you do not very often have somebody come in and want a bike. The vast majority of the time they are coming in and they want something that's just getting them into the sport or, or whatever the the case may be. Well, we saw those people, some of those people out there, it it wasn't, it wasn't uh, just people on expensive, fast road bikes or whatever, although those were there. So the diversity of it's really great too. And I mean, there's some other great events in the area that, kind of focus a little bit more on one of those are and they're run really well that, you know, the, and hopefully there's the, the new one, the gravel race, hopefully that continues to be a tradition in, in their, our area and that'll focus on that. And those people will have something to come to, but this one is so well run and so diverse at the same time. Um, that's, I, that's what I was most impressed with and want to be a part of it because of that.
3: So: Well that, that, that's good, and, and actually the Spoker ride would be a good example yeah. of another pretty well-run race, yep. but it's a race, and it doesn't. Right. and having done both, they're just sort of different groups. Exactly. I mean, it's, yep. you know, so there you have a whole there you have few, several hundred cyclists of which they don't seem to interact, yep. right? So, it's, so that makes it very interesting. Uh, for me, for me, I just think it's a, just a one. I, I just find biking just a wonderful way to see the world. And I also think it's important for people to see people out doing things again. And the and the concept that you never know what you will change by your actions. I, I think it's good for you know little kids to see somebody out on a bicycle and say, oh wow, this is somebody who's an adult who's on a bicycle and oh you can actually do these things and you can actually bike somewhere and you can and and this is possible for for a lot of people, if you don't see other if you don't see something happening, it may not be in your in your orbit that it can happen. And and I think that's really I think that's really instrumental to uh broadening the market for exercise even. Uh it's just a really good and and and, and obviously as Tom has pointed out and, and Aaron has pointed out and I can join in now as well since I've had my hamstrings ripped off until a couple of years ago. You know, running is great, but <laughs> it can cause other things and you have to deal with that. And, and you can do a lot on a bicycle, right? So that, yeah, so that's what, that's what I enjoy about it. I enjoy that you can just get out and do it. It's mechanical and it's freeing. It's very freeing. I think, um, you know, if you remember why kids, it's like running, for instance, kids run because they enjoy running. They have fun, right? And then it becomes a chore cycling is the same thing kids love bicycles it doesn't have to be a chore right it's it's your first way to get as a kid it's your first way to like leave home <laughs> at a distance you can't see it <laughs> and 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 i think there are a lot of people who it's certainly people my age and older grew up that way and now maybe less so but again that's the point of letting other people see the possibilities of of uh, of, of using a bicycle
1: i'm stoked on um, spokes because it, it has brought me so far in many ways. It's obviously had a great impact on my physical conditioning. I'm 77 years old. You're and trying. I take pride in that because I'm out there riding. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly not. Aaron can attest to this because <laughs> he, he rode with me in Shamo. When I showed up for a ride that he organized, and everyone else was riding like 18 I miles have an no hour idea how that happened, and more. Tom. <laughs> and there I was, <laughs> there I was, <laughs> plugging along. And, you know, last year, my very best speed was for the Spoker, Spoker ride. And I was so proud of myself. I rode it at fourteen point nine (laughs) miles per hour, and that was a big deal. So I love that. I love that for what it does for my body, but even mostly for my mind, how it clears it. One of the things that I do on a regular basis, I have this great Labrador Retriever, who's actually with us today. He's snoozing right now, but any rate, I live near Whaley State Park, and Bo and I go down there, I ride my mountain bike, six or seven miles, and he runs with me. So it's, it's just so therapeutic to do those things. And I love the com- camaraderie of riding with a group, and I do also do a lot of solo riding, and I love discovering new places in, in Jefferson and Oswego County, from where I live, it's it's just great. I can go out and ride seventy miles down to Pulaski and and discover new roads and take cuts out to um, state parks and you know just totally enjoyable. All all the,
3: all the usual cliches, but cliched for but for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the same yeah. thing you'll hear from everybody yeah. about
0: biking. Thanks for joining me today, guys, and uh, especially thanks for joining me today at RakeRace like Studio in Watertown, New York. Um, any last words?
3: Well, thanks for having us on the 13th episode. <laughs> if, if the weather goes bad this year, we know exactly who to blame, I think. Oh, um, so keep this in mind. <laughs> any future podcasts. <laughs> no, thanks for taking the time to, to come out and speak with us about this. And uh, it's an interesting endeavor. And uh, it's nice to see, actually, I I would add, it's also nice to see somebody covering some of these things in the area. The Watertown Times years ago used to cover local events, running and biking and triathlons and stuff. And that just sort of died. And you wouldn't, I mean, it it always kind of cracks me up. We have a sports section of the Watertown Times, which covers baseball, football, sports that all the people who are interested in those sports, they already know all this information. They're not waiting for tomorrow's paper. And covers very little of all the physical activities that go on in the local area. All right.
0: So I'm writing it right down. I really do need business cards and I need to bring them to here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to events like that to pass along in your goodie bags and stuff.
3: Yeah. I, I yep. mean, the thing is, that also helps, right? If people know these, I, In fact, the uh, you said you did a podcast with the… Um, Ode-O the Odo ride, ride, right. Which
0: is on uh, May 29th, starting in the Adirondack Mountains, going right. all the way down to the Osceola Ski and Sport.
3: <clears throat> and that's Sport a right one-way event, yes. so there you'll have to get, right, okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's been interesting. So, and I mentioned this to Tom. So suddenly, I don't know if it's their people, somebody's managed to get that out, right? That actually showed up in the Watertown Times as, a, as an article. Then I mentioned to Tom that, you know, maybe somebody's paying attention to some of these things, but it'd be really useful. It's It's kind of this weird sort of, Disconnect. You know, the paper wants subscribers. (laughs) Papers are having trouble, but we're not covering local things. So, what? What's the incentive? So, anyway, I know that's an editorial on papers. No pun intended. And I support the the Watertown Times for that reason. But anyway, it's it's really good that you're. You know, it's it's a good endeavor for you. I think, and I think it's it's nice to see somebody out talking about these things.
1: Can I respond to that? I'm afraid that. They'll probably never The Times will probably never ever do an article about the shelter box right again, because we did have one last this year, right. We Uh-oh. had a nice article and last right. year, every year <laughs> they they do support us in that way, and right. they've been very generous with with
3: right. But that's partly six. due to yeah. your are pushing it and put you know, which is good. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. my job. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Correct. We pay you well for that. Tom. I know. <laughs> have I
1: have another I, bottle. Of water. Uh, I'm, I, I'm asking for a, uh <laughs> you to double my rate, my wages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 Unanimous, we agree.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stoke On Spokes podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, rate us and tell your friends about it. Check out our Patreon page for additional bonus content, and follow our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the things we are working on. Until next time, just keep rolling.